when you hear stories of neurodivergence, yet you can't find the ones that speak to your life. Utopia the Campaign aims to platform the voices of neurodivergence across different communities and life circumstances, so we find the words to get the support we need. Join me, Samantha Hugh, Director of ADHD Girls, as I uncover hidden stories of neurodivergence that come from a few, but speak to so many parts of our lives. Hey, hi, how are you? Hi, hi, Samantha. I'm great. Thanks for having me. So really happy to have you here, KK, today. Um, I would like to just start by asking you to tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, and maybe what neurodivergence you identify with. Okay, well, thank you. Um, so my name is KK Harris. Like I said, professionally and on LinkedIn as KK Harris, career strategist. I think that what I do says it all, but a little bit more. I'm an executive coach for a talent development coaching firm, and I'm also a business coach psychologist. Mm -hmm. and what neurodiversity do you identify with? Well, I'm, I'm ADHD. I, I, and it's very interesting. It's like, am I ADHD? Do I have ADHD? But that's me. Yeah, I don't know. The language of neurodiversity is kind of evolving. But yeah. generally, I think it's a preference, you know, to what yeah. you want to be known. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, have ADHD is correct. Being an ADHD -er is also something a lot of people identify with. I love that. ADHD. -er. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's like this new language that keeps coming these days. And it's just really interesting to watch everything unfold. And I know that through our conversations um, and, and also the work you do, you work with a lot of kind of high achieving, high performing people, you know, who yes, lead organizations. And also the work you do is about bringing the best out of people. Yes. Right? And so you are also you're like what I see as something like a high achiever. Mm. You know, and, and so when you look back on your life, right, how has being high achieving and maybe intelligent mask your neurodivergence? Well, that, you know, that's an interesting question. And I think particularly for girls, um, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you're really good at this or you're 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 fast, you're quick, you you understand things, you're a good reader, you're this and that and the other, or these really wonderful things and you're achieving and you're doing so many different things. Um the, the the it's nice to to be an intelligent person you know growing up um they wanted to put me up in school in america you know that's what they do they'll move you up to the next class the next year group or two and i made a decision not to go and my mother actually gave me that choice do you want to move up or do you want to stay and i stayed back because stayed in my actual grade because i have a twin brother who at the time, we didn't know he was dyslexic, very, again, very intelligent, very intelligent, but dyslexic. And um, and I felt at that time when I was a child, uh, my brother needed me. Now, that high intelligence, that ability to move quickly means you can get things done faster. So I would do a lot of his homework, too, and get my homework done because I didn't like him being made to feel bad or less than because in my mind, you know, he was super intelligent and I still really look up to him. And he's gone on to um, work in the aerospace engineering uh, field. And he's later in life, you know, went went to university and got all these qualifications and, 
and things. And so, um, yeah, I think I think really kind of to answer your question, it means that it's yeah, you wind up. No one notices. No one notices that you're struggling because you're intelligent. And so for me growing up, it was it was you're just being lazy when the grade started, when things just start, the distractions, the impetus to get up a lot. Um, it, 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 it just, you know, you start getting labeled as she talks too much. She's really good if she would just do this, if she would just focus, you know, it was always that, you know. And so it, I think it definitely um, had its impact, but um the question is, how does it mask? Yeah, it masks it because it doesn't allow you to see what's happening. And I think with females, they don't notice us so much. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, because you, you talk about, you know, experience in school. And also, like, what, what you do now, you, you, should, you, you travel a lot for your work. And I, I just wonder, what has it been like, you know, trying to sustain this uh, trajectory because you mentioned that, you know, there is this tendency to, you know, get distracted whilst you're in school and, and you need to move a lot, you know, but then you kind of buckle down and then, you know, try and do the right thing that, that will help you, you know, achieve that goal, get, get that great. So sustaining this trajectory, you know, feels like something that requires this ongoing effort, you know, like not taking your eye away from what, what you needed to do. Yeah. How do, how, so I guess that question is, you know, what's that journey been like sustaining yeah. it? It's been challenging. You know, I think as I've gotten older, you know, I can do a lot. I really can. And most of us can do a lot. We're very adaptable. And I guess it's because we use our, we're, we're kind of, we're not, we're neurodivergent. And so something changed, something is different about us, meaning, you know, I might be stronger in a certain area. I'm definitely more daring, more uh, willing to try something. If it sounds right to me, why not do it? So you keep going, you keep going, but you do, I can go further and faster than someone else next to me. But there comes a point when there is a burnout because you're so, you're constantly going and, and, um, Sustaining it, I think, is difficult. I think it's difficult. And sustaining it while you're flying under the radar. And I have to tell your listeners, I was up under the radar like my whole life. I didn't have my diagnosis till almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of stress, anxiety, because I couldn't understand why I couldn't maybe do certain tasks. But I'm smart. Why can I do that? You know, but... I think it's it can be very uh, challenging for yes. us. Exactly. Challenging. Can I ask what made you pursue a diagnosis? Like, was that some, something like a tr trigger point? <laughs> something that tip or whatever? Yeah, I, I think there's always a trigger. There's always some, at some point for us older folks versus the younger kids getting, you know, getting diagnosed and everything. The trigger was that, there were a certain task in uh, the job I had before the one I'm working with, company I'm working with now. And the trigger was there were certain things that I couldn't seem to, it just didn't stick. 
And it was tasks that I had no interest whatsoever in. Never give me a spreadsheet. I hate them. I, the structure of it doesn't work with my brain. I see things in story. I see things, if it's flowing, it's as if I can see everything and, and you know, see the whole, the beginning, the middle, the end, all the details within it. But if I look at a spreadsheet, it's just, it just doesn't work. My, it's like, it's the, it's my nightmare. It's my biggest, it's one of my biggest nightmares working. And I was faced with that nightmare. <laughs> and then I also had to use a certain platform and I was struggling and a, and a colleague at the time, and he said to me, you know, and I was doing a delivery a presentation. And, and when you're, when you're tired, when I'm tired, and then I have a lot of things going on. I can, and the way my brain is, it's like I'm seeing things and I can go, it sounds like I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm not because I know where it's going. But it was clear to him that something was different about me. And he said, he tried, he said it the nicest way. He says, you know, I recognize something in you that reminds me of me. I was wondering if you've ever, are you ADHD? And then I just, my shoulders dropped and I said, I think I am. I've just avoided being, you know, tested. Mm -hmm. and, and so we talked about it and it literally got off the call and I immediately found a psychologist and I, and I paid for it because uh, I didn't want to go the NHS route out here in the UK because it's, it takes a long time for diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, that was, that was that turning point for me. Yeah, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like obviously you had no problem advocating for yourself and describing, you know, some of the things that, you know, perhaps you were experiencing, you know, because I think one of the reasons why we were flying under, uh, under the radar in the beginning was that um, the, the pre-assessment pre rating scales for ADHD and the other rating scales, they aren't, um, you know, inclusive to all yeah. genders and, and culture. But mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you've done a good job advocating for yourself. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned about the it's not inclusive because part of what I do is I um, my coach focusing co focuses around um, diversity um, and inclusion. And and that means, you know, no, no diversity um, and then all inclusive multiculturalism. So uh, I'm very passionate about that. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I advocate for myself, um, you know, and I had the resources, right? So that's a big thing too. I had the resources to go ahead and, and pay for that out of pocket. Mm. So, exactly. Mm. Yeah, um, not everyone has that privilege, unfortunately. No. Yeah, um, I'm really interested in the work you do because I also listened to one of the podcasts um, by your company around neurodiversity and intersectionality. I wanted to talk to you about, you know, being someone who is high intelligent and also a person of color like myself. Have yeah. you ever encountered any barriers in, in getting heard and accessing equal opportunities? I would say, I can't say that I've, I've experienced that as it pertains to neurodiversity. But I did have this experience where I had interviewed for a company and as they said, do you have any questions? And I said, oh, yes, I do. I mean, I've done my research. I mean, you know, career strategist, you know, this is what you do, right? And um, 
And I said, as a neurodivergent person, ADHD person, we, you know, to ask, to ask a question, it's going to have a few, four questions within a question. Yes. Right. So I asked, yes. Oh, yes, I do have some questions. And then I said, I was listening to your CEO's book and I noticed this and it made me think, is this the type of thing you're doing? And then also, I'd also like to know how that is affecting your team and blah, 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 right? A question turned into a few questions, but hey, my brain, you know, hey, I guess everybody's diverse and that not everybody can keep up, right? And he was very rude. And he said to me, well, that's three questions, just like that. Yeah. And I thought, and I said, oh, do excuse me. I said, I am ADHD. And sometimes it comes out like that because I'd like to be straight up. This is me. And he said, yeah, I saw that on your, on your uh, CV. And I thought, wow, wow. And he's a psychologist. Mm. That blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think not, not, I don't think that had anything to do with me being a woman of color. I think that has to do with ignorance. Mm -hmm. I think that has to do with the lack of empathy um, and lack of self-awareness on his part. And I think that as people are taking the time to go and get diagnosed, we have people who are saying, well, everybody's a little ADHD or everybody. It's like, stop, it's just not right. Not everybody's a little dyslexic. Not everybody's a little, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think we have a lot of that going on. And it's not fair to people who are neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, yeah, you are right. You know, I, I recognize some of what, what you said. And maybe the situation was that you did catch that interviewer off guard, you know, and for lack of a better thing to say, they just said that thing, you know, which isn't polite. And I often wonder, you know, what made people talk, you know, in the way that is unfair to certain people. And I think given a different circumstance or if it was someone they were accountable to or, right. you know, yeah, had some form of, like if someone had some form of power over them, then would they still yes. talk the same way? You know, and, and, and that's that's something I'm exploring, you know, and, and, and there are terms like that, aren't they, in, in DEI, like um, unconscious bias, unspoken prejudice. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame, you know, but at least at least people are, are, are you know, for me to own, I, I own who I am. I have to own that. So people aren't have a certain expectation. And then I and I'm not that way. You know, I'm not neurotypical. I'm just not. And and I'm proud of that, you know, but for many years I wasn't growing up because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. How have you overcome this kind of barriers? You know, sometimes these barriers are invisible mm -hmm. and you don't even know they are barriers until you reflect, you know, and, and think, you know, how hard you have had to work and how, how much you had to almost, you know, take the bull by the horn to go on and, and take your place. Yeah. You know, in your organization or in your career how, how did you get there like you know overcoming these barriers to, to get to this place you know you know sam that's a good question and i'll answer it like this it comes from my childhood so like i said my twin brother's dyslexic 
And he's not a little dyslexic, you know, <laughs> he's dyslexic. He, you know, he's got the, the word letters can be flipped around and he's had to work his, you know, for years to, to, you know, be able to get messages across. Thank God for the modern era. Thank God for technology. Um, because it makes it easier, you know, voice note and things like that. And it writes for, you know, things like that. I think for me, not knowing that I was ADHD, but suspecting something wasn't right for many years. You know, when you're younger, it, I couldn't put a finger on it. I, you know, I didn't know there was no Google, you know, back in my day. But I think the fact that I saw what my brother would have gone through, you know, any challenges that I met along the way, um, I was able to overcome them because, you know, you become resilient, you become strong, you know, the, you're, you, 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 the more, you know, you, you get calluses, I guess, as such, you know, you get stronger, you can grip things better when you have the calluses and stuff. And so I think it was just over time, How, you know, I've, you know, as an adult, I, I have found myself crying at certain times when I felt like, People were not listening to me, hearing what I'm trying to say. It's not that I'm not doing this. This is my, this is me, you know, or, you know, crying outside of the office type of thing, you know, but you just become stronger, you know, mm -hmm. and the more information that comes out, you know, the more people like me, like you take a time out on a lunch break to have this conversation, the better it's going to be for, you know, the future generations and the workforce particularly. It's, it sounds like a story of survival, you know, and, and the resilience that you mentioned, you know, the, the trying harder and questioning why the world is the way it is. Like it's mm. a very common theme, I, I feel, for people who've just had to, you know, somehow overcome these barriers that maybe society had created just by being the way we are, you know, and yeah. sometimes it is being confident women, you know, that people aren't used to. That's the bit, the confidence piece, right? It's the kind of going back to your earlier question around like kind of sustaining the journey, being a being a bright person, a high achieving person. You know, people look at you and like, oh, she's confident, she's this, she's that. But then like they can't accept that there's your neurodivergent, you're neurodiverse, you're, you know, yes, I am all that, but there's these, these other things that can stop me, slow me down, impact my productivity, impact my, you know, my day. You know, my colleagues don't know that sometimes I have to work late in order to get something, you know, within me stuck in here work because there might be, I might be up out of my seat. <laughs> 25 times a day, you know, because I have to, because I have the impetus to get up and move, you know, and, and I think these are the things that even a, a com company that, you know, their, their bottom line is based around 80, I mean, DE&I, the company I work for, there's still growth there. And there's, you know, I think it's two of us that are neurodivergent at the company. And so, um, we're not quite a hundred people close to it though. And I think that I know of, there's only two of us. And I'm like her auntie, she's younger. And this is her first professional job. She's doing a good job, but she struggles. She struggles with staying on time, being on time and getting things done. And 
same thing, high achieving young woman. Well, got a great brain, smart, you know, smart cookie, you know, can do five things, different things and do well at everything that she does. But these issues, they show up. Right. They show up. And I think there needs to be a little bit more understanding of organizations around yeah i i hear you loud and clear um and often when 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 certain things happen you know say in the workplace or you know even in you know the, the doctor's clinic you know where we want to tell people what what is really like but maybe the situation isn't believed right like maybe what would be helped is like if we have some allies or advocate right and like because because you work in the field of intersectionality and i know that allyship you know is so key to helping break some um, discriminations, you know, at, at work. Like what can an ally do, you know, to help someone overcome these barriers or challenges, you know, that they encounter? That's so, a good question. That is a good question because I think I think when when an organization is thinking about um, being more inclusive. You know, if someone feels strongly about it, um, they should also be sharing the information, you know, not just stand next to you. It's like, also share the information. Stand up, too, for that person. That's a true ally that stands up. You know, if you overhear some saying, oh, well, KK's, I'm not, but KK's always late, right? Say Saying something like that, or KK is blah, 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 and you know it's part of her her neurodiversity that could be affecting her. Bring that up and then also say, I'll also I'll have a chat with her if you don't mind. I'll, you know, I don't mind speaking to KK. You know, it's like this colleague of mine. So I, I, I said to someone, I said, I'll, I'll have a chat with her because she's gonna feel more comfortable because number one, I'm her ADHD sister. You <laughs> know, we call her ADHD auntie. And then another thing is, you know, she, she's going to be able to say and feel less probably less pressure that if you have an ally or someone's like you, you'll be able to talk to them. I think it's so important, you know, it's so important. And I think people just don't have enough. They don't have enough. They're, they're, this is what I'm going to say. They're marking you based on the neurotypical. So they're like, you know, I had a, I had my performance review, been doing really, really well um, with my feedback, with my coaching sessions that we do leadership coaching, um, you know, maternity coach, parental coaching, all this stuff, right? Working parents, we call it. Um, and some of the tasks that I do at the have to do at the end of my session is I have to fill go to Salesforce and have to put some things in, right? And what I do is part of a series of, of um, activities that need to take place for other people, et cetera, et cetera, right? Here's this fantastic feedback. And loved my feedback, it was my, my interview review, it was really great. And some of the feedback was, this was the, the only feedback was, oh, well, you know what, KK, if you would just get these things, if you could just make sure you get that in on time, if you would do this. And, and I'm listening to, to my manager and I said, okay. I said, I get that. Yeah. Actually, I have turned a corner in a huge way with that. 
So I'm really pleased with myself because I'm like, I sit myself in my office and I will make sure. But just as anyone else, I'm not perfect. But, you know, it was, if I could do that, but I know where I've come from. I know how good I am at that. And I had to work on that. But I said to her, I said, yes, I said, I can always be, be better at that. I said, but also understand the ADHD person is not, it's, 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 you can't even explain it. You can't explain it to a neurotypical person because they're looking at you. They're judging you based on the neurotypical. Can you get this? It's like, no, you have to understand if I see our darn butterfly, I'm going to go look at that butterfly, <laughs> get distracted, completely lose the lose what I needed to get done. Unless I saw the butterfly wrote down, put that into Salesforce. You know? <laughs> I got to write that note, but tr trust me, the impetus to stand up and go check out that beautiful butterfly is stronger than putting that, that doing that task, which doesn't give me any any joy, right? Other than knowing I have to do it because it would be the impact of, to uh, on my my colleagues. Yeah, and, uh, and that's how I get it done in the first place. But it's not intentional, and it's not. It's it's more like, wow, you've been really doing good in this area. How's that feeling for you? That should be the question. Mm. You know? Versus, oh, if you just tweak it, it's like no, you you're not getting it. That's mm -hmm. my point. People still don't get us. They still don't because they're looking at us. They're judging ability. They're judging you do so well. You're able to do this and that and the other. Just fix this about you. It's like, well, you fix something about you. Because <laughs> I can't. I can't. Only thing I can do is do me the best. I, can, I promise I can do the best way I can. I had to discover what would turn my behavior around nine nine months ago to, to get me better at getting certain tasks done. For me, my love of people, an inclusive way of thinking is what's the impact. So if I do that, then and then that's what I help my colleague. I said, you got to understand the impact. If we see it, but if you say just get it done, okay, and <laughs> the ADHD says, okay, I'll get that done. You know, but coach a client, study to 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 really deliver a good service, you know, really be able to help them listen to a podcast, read a book, because I can see it's tangible because I'm making that in my place impact to their life. That has a lot more value to me than putting something in there. But when I attach it to an outcome, then I'm an impact, then I get it. Yeah. That's Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like your strengths are really rightly placed, you know, for the work that you do. Absolutely. And you're right. And, you know, even you disclose you have ADHD, they do have to, you know, make some adjustments for you. And part of it is about, you know, creating this, um, you know, support for this kind of admin horror to go away, you know, and, and, and that's what you admin should be. Doing. horror, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> I, I totally missed a call this morning because I didn't set a reminder in, in my calendar and I felt so guilty for it. But then I didn't, you know, make up an excuse. I just said I forgot. You know, I didn't I didn't set a reminder. I'm sorry. Can we re reschedule? You yeah, because I'm done like like you. We don't want to make excuses, you know, for, for things that you know are my neurological makeup. You know, it's how my, my brain works. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? It's there's there's times where I just 
you know, even just then I felt emotion for you because I know what that's like. You, you, you have all the best intentions and there's a distraction and you didn't write it down. And then you remember, I do have that meeting. Oh my God. And you're looking and you're like, Oh, you know, and it's, 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 it's a tough one. It's tough and it's hard. It, it, it is hard, you know, but, but that's the thing. We can do really well doing the hard things, but it's the day-to-day -day easy things, you know, that are boring that we can't light up, right? Yeah, I wish I, I mean, you know, I read this stuff about us, but it's still kind of like, well, what's going on in there? What's going on in this brain of mine? Yeah, yeah. So, like I always approach it from science you know I mean I try to explain you know what it is how our brains work that make us do the, 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 those things you know and they're not bad things you know some of it is executive dysfunction it's the um it's this effect that our prefrontal cortex you know front part of our brain you know yeah. don't nearly get as much um activity as mm -hmm. as the brain yeah. And then there's also the mind-wandering element of the brain, you know, where you're persistently pulled away from a task. If you see a butterfly, you know, something yeah. outside. And, and it is like calling you, right? And yeah. yes, I mean, get, getting diagnosed and certain strategies can make it easier. But okay. yeah, they don't really fully go away, you know, because you live like that, right? Entirely. And that's how your brain works. And I think, I think what it's given me is acceptance of who I am. And then to it, then it's you know then i can i can you know speak to the people who um i work for or how it affects life or relationships i feel that you know growing up i was called i was my sister would, oh, you're so flaky you're so flaky it's like you know it, it made it made all those tears once I got the diagnosis, it was like, it was just this, it just wiped up all those tears. Mm -hmm. Just you know, all the name calling, all the, mm -hmm. you know, you're stupid and things like that, you know, because it, it started really showing its face. I would say at about 13 years old, when, mm -hmm. when school is no longer rote, you know, where it's when you're little, it's just, you know, ABC, one, two, three, one, two, and three, but at this, it's very simple. But when things start becoming complicated and then you lose the interest, that's when it, it showed a different, it was like, oh, what's going on with you? Yeah, but also that's when your your body goes through loads of hormonal yeah. things too, it's pure puberty. And we know yeah. that, you know, the sex hormones impact dopamine, which yeah. is already reduced in the ADHD brain so yeah, yeah I mean there, there's so much that, that that we have covered you know and I felt like really encouraged by the conversation and I can I, I sense this like really kind of powerful and you know strong and resilient person yeah. within you I, I wonder you know you have a person at work you know who you're kind of like an auntie but like if you were to go back and you know give yourself some advice about how to do this journey again yeah. Would it be the same thing or, you know, what would you say that maybe is different? If I were to go back and do, or, or to my younger self, what yeah. would I, what? Yeah. It's a tough one. I could give advice maybe to younger people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think my advice to someone younger is don't compare yourself. Don't compare yourself to your siblings or your classmates. 
um, because your brain is different and, and that's good and do the stuff you love to do and do them really well, just do them really well. And so if someone says things about you're not good at this, that's okay. That's okay because you're so good at what you love to do and let that guide you, you know, let that be the thing that is just, it's the light for you and that guides you. And if you do three and five more things along the way, that's okay too. You know, just love what you do because you will probably do three to five more things that you love to do. And, and I, I was saying to uh, my young friend, physics, you know, with ADHD, and um, she said, um, oh, and they, my daughter had a party this weekend. And one of the young ladies is ADHD. She has a couple of friends. And she says, yeah, but I just, I, I just do so many things. I said, honey, when you're 40 and when you're 45, your girlfriends, your guy, they will think you're amazing. They will be like, oh, my God, how do you do so many things? Because ADHD is your superpower. That's how you're going to do so many things. So that's what I would say. Just keep doing it. Just do what you love to do because, you know, when, like I said, you're middle age, you'll be so impressive. The stories you'll tell. Exactly. And, and you've really lived, you know, as a result of that. that. That's such a good advice, you know, for someone with ADHD because we love to do so much, you know, and like when you do all those things, you know, eventually, like for this big thing that you want to do when you get to the 45, you can put all those skills together, you know, that you gain from doing those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, you know, wonderful thing about the job that I I do for this company is that when I came in, um, I was still freshly, you know, diagnosed, you know, so I was like, yeah, this is me, you know, (laughs) the intersectional baby. And, um, but I said, look, I like social media stuff. I like to do different things. Um, I don't want to just be your coach. I'd like to do interviews. I'd like to help create content. I'd like to do these other things. So I was able to negotiate a contract that gives me a certain amount of time to do all the, the other things that are my skill set. And and that has been that's been absolutely wonderful because you know we as an a person uh, as an ADHD, <laughs> I guess I could use that with someone with ADHD, we need that. Um, we need that that thing that gets us excited. If it's the same thing, you know, it, we just it's going to be hard to last. Exactly. It's hard to last. But if I've got other stuff that I do, then at the company, then yeah. And I think, like you said, it's picking up all these skills, the things that interest you. Usually have other, other threads to it, you know. And so picking up all of that, it can just take you places. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, and knowing how your brain works has really helped you in, you know, asking for the things that you need and for variety and novelty, you know, is it, isn't it the challenge to do something different, you know, at, at, at different times, you know, that's, that, that's um, key to success, isn't it, for the ADHD? Yeah, so, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate what, what you've um, given me, you know, today for this um, hour. Oh, it's so nice of, to meet you. And, um, you know, do keep me in the loop yes. with any books you're doing or any anything you're doing, and I'll do the same. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, KK. You're welcome. What did you think of this episode? If it resonates with you, do share it so we can empower other neurodivergents too. 
We want to open up conversations for neurodivergence across all communities, especially the ones who are underrepresented, so they can get diagnosed and find the support they need in life and work. I'm Samantha Hugh, Director of ADHD Girls, and you can invite me to speak at your organization or subscribe to my upcoming bite-sized video courses on ADHD and neurodiversity via a new learning platform called Utopia. You can find the link via my link tree within my bio on Instagram and LinkedIn. Special thanks to QBTAC for being such a wonderful collaborator throughout phase one of this campaign.